Hey Tiger fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? That's because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, and always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly Soft Pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or just for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website, phillypretzelfactory.com, for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. This is the Tigers Radio Network, and you're listening to exclusive coverage of the Marple Newtown Tigers on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. Back to Harry Harvey Stadium. 12 minutes to go. It is within striking distance. Marple Newtown down 5, 26-21, but Ridley has the ball second down and goal from the two-yard line. Moving the ball well throughout the second half as we have London under center. No wide receivers. Smith is in motion. It's a pitch to the outside. Smith's got it. He's being sealed off. He's across the five. Waiting for the call. And yes, he is in for the touchdown near that near pylon on the, on the right side. And Smith able to shake a tackle in the backfield there of Marple Newtown and able to get to the corner of the end zone and, and put it in for the Green Raiders. So Ridley now breathing a huge sigh of relief, turning that tenuous five-point advantage into one that is currently 11, and we expect it to be 12 upon Heverly's kick. 11.53 to go, fourth quarter. And Moat's been strong on, on the near side of that line getting in there on these extra point attempts. Heverly missed the last one. It's a high snap again. Marple Newtown gets a rush, but this time it will be good. So, seven seconds into this fourth quarter, Ridley takes a 33-21 advantage, and it's really been a blitz. You know, Ridley has taken the, the lessons of the first half, specifically what they need to do when they get the ball, because Marple Newtown will just bleed that clock dry, and they've apparently learned them well because they've moved the ball with lightning speed. And it'll be it'll be interesting to see. How Ridley does defensively if Marble Newtown goes back to Ryan White in that counter tray, which has continued to work here throughout the game, Ridley's got to make a stop. As they did that last time, it's given them a, a fairly big advantage at this point with only 11 uh, minutes and 53 seconds left and uh, you know a, essentially a two-touchdown lead. Well, basically with that two-touchdown lead, Ridley puts Marple Newtown in a, in a unique position. They have to stop Ridley on defense. And then they have to score on every possession, which at this point is probably only going to be two more with the way Marple Newtown does run that wing tee. And, and one of the things, too, is really if Marple can score, they have to be wary that Jalen Randolph can just pound away and, and try and run that clock down. So a, a big possession here for Marple Newtown. And as a change of pace, it appears that Heverly will kick that football. Ridley does have a habit of changing that up from time to time, as we were told. But Heverly will take the ball this time with the 40. The usual deep man, Moat, Diaguardi, and White back. But it's a line drive kick to Diaguardi at the 15. He's across the 20. He's cutting to the middle of the field at the 25. Doesn't find anything out there. He's at the 30. Makes his way across the 35 and dragged down there. 
tackled by number 55, Tracy Kursky, for the Green Raiders. But a nice return by Diaguardi on that kickoff. Ball will be spotted at the 37-yard line with 11.44 to go in this contest. Marple Newtown, sense of urgency has to be creeping in, facing a 12-point deficit. Joey Fan back in, split to the near side. Moat and Duffy in the backfield. White as a blocking back momentarily. Weaverling is under center. He gives it up to Duffy. He finds less than no running room. Stacked up well behind the line of scrimmage. Number 75 for the Green Raiders. Ronald McKinley on the stop. And that's what kept Marple Newtown from advancing the ball anywhere. And perhaps Ridley's offense giving an extra boost of confidence to Ridley's defense as they're finally getting that penetration that was sorely missing throughout that first half. Yeah, certainly that that's one of the bigger things. You know, they brought Duffy in. Let's see if they go back to White now on that little end around where he cuts it back. Looks like they got Moat stacked in the backfield though. Oh, there we go. No gain on that play. Second down and ten. Fam still in as the lone wideout. Weaverling back, he gives it off to Duffy. And Duffy's met behind the line of scrimmage, and this will almost certainly be thrown back for a loss. Read well by the Green Raiders that time, and a bunch of them got in there, but Tyler or excuse me, Matt Sinix, the original contact so it will be third down and 12 10.42 to go in this contest Ridley 33 Marple Newtown 21 Tigers with the football first time in the fourth quarter and defensive coordinator for Ridley Ralph Batty appears that you know he may have found the key to, to stopping the Tigers let's see what he does what happens here on third down and 10 Ryan Schallenberger checks out of the contest as we have Moat and Duffy in the backfield once again Weaverling striding up he is under center, looking back. He's got the hand off the moat, going to the outside, to the far sideline. He creeps up, and he doesn't make it to the 40. Moat shut down by Sam Dixon Dugan on, de on the defensive side of the football as we have a man down for Marple Newtown. And Dixon Dugan's a guy who was converted to defensive linebacker from running back the, uh, from this year to last. Well, that was Ryan White, who I think... Uh, caught a leg at the bottom of the pile as uh, he really wasn't even involved in the play. He was just in the wrong spot. He got up off the turf with no help. But Billy Weaverling will be back to punt. He is stationed at his own 25. Deep men once again, Shaw and Smith. Shaw at his own 25. Weaverling approaches the punt. It is an end-over-end -end kick coming down to Shaw at the 28. And a burst of speed across the 30. Across the 35, he's got a sub support midfield. 45-40, 35-30, dragged down around the 25. And Shaw knocked out of bounds by number 21 of the Marple Newtown Tigers, Billy Weaverling, the punter. Uh, good job by him staying with the play as, as Shaw is obviously a threat. Possibility of, of a block in the back there on the return, but no call from the officials. No, I, I was actually going to say that. I was surprised that nothing happened there. Something happened around the midfield stripe that I thought was going to be called back, but to no avail. Nonetheless, Ridley sets up at the Marple Newtown's 25-yard line, basically looking to put the kill shot here, as Blunden will be in the shotgun formation. It is Hill and Donkin to the near side, but it's a handoff on the end around to Smith. He gets a 25-20, 15, 10 to the 5. And once again, sniffing that goal line will be the Green Raiders. Tackled by number 50, Brian Kelly. A nice run by Smith, though, inside that five-yard line. And the Ra Green Raiders are on the Tigers' doorstep once again. Well, the Raiders smelling it. Smelling it now. 
They are only three yards away. About to turn a 12-point advantage into something that was nearly insurmountable at this point. Clock ticks under nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. As Samara Moat checks out, and Ryan Schallenberger, number 24, will check back in. And the goal line defense finds its final member. Gut check time once again for the defense. Blunden in a shotgun formation. Two wide receivers to the far side, one to the near side. It's a handoff to Smith. And he is in virtually untouched for the touchdown. Yeah, could have walked in on that one and maybe some confusion from the Tigers' defense, but good blocking up front by the Green Raiders and, and Ridley's back in it. Now up 39-21 with an extra point to come. We said at the outset, Marvin Newton had to stop Ridley every possession and then score. And they have not done so. As a matter of fact, Ridley has been the, the team to score as Heavily is on for the extra point. The ball is spotted. The kick is away once again under a rush. Hits the outside of the left upright. No good. So with 8.45 to go. Fourth quarter, Marple Newtown staring at a 39-21 deficit. We'll be right back with the change of possession. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Tigers Radio Network is brought to you by Allstate. Are you in good hands? Call Allstate agent David Monroe today at 610-359-1244. The Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Alumni Association, email them at mnfootballalumni at comcast.net or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Philly Pretzel Factory. Remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. The United States Marine Corps. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Winter Circle Sports Grill. For real sports fans only. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If they don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill. For real sports fans only. Back to Harry Harvey Stadium, Shahid Smith. Another touchdown run, and it is do-or-die time for the Tigers. Kick comes down to, let's see, number 34, or is that number 24? That's Ryan Schallenberger. Another squib kick came down at the 30-yard line, and Schallenberger was able to get close to the 45 on that. And for the Green Raiders, number 23, Sean Bradley makes the stop. Uh, but good field position for Marple Newtown here to start, but they got to get downfield quickly. Yeah, they have to open it up at a level that uh, we have yet to see, at least in the home games this season, and test Billy Weaverling's arm. First and 10 at the 42, 8.39 to go in this contest. Marple Newtown down 18. Joey Pham is not in, as Weaverling will roll out to the right side. He's under a rush. He's being hit. He escapes the hit at the 40-yard line, but he's rudely interrupted at the 41. Look like number 24... Uh, Dixon Dugan and Shahad Smith over there to make a stop. And it looks like there's a Green Raider down near the far sideline. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, was that the, the the player who made the hit? Because that was yeah. a helmet to shoulder. That's what it looked like. And uh, Billy Weaverling did not clearly come out on the wrong end of that. And with, with the man down, we'll update you here. Garnet Valley leads Strathaven 13-7 to at halftime. 
uh, out there in Wallingford. A very expected every year, a very tough contest between those two teams. And they have not disappointed so far. The man is up and on his feet, back on the sidelines to the collapse of his own fans who have come all the way from the southern part of Delaware County. Springfield also up 34-10 to 10 at halftime for other Central League scores. No gain, second and 10 at the 42, 8.23 to go. Fourth quarter, Weaverling under center, two-man backfield again. The handoff goes to, that would be Simo. Nope. Who is that? Ryan White. Ryan White. And again, they had two guys running literally right by each other's side. You couldn't tell from the far sideline who had the ball. And number 42, Dennis Bryson on the stop for the Green Raiders. Well, they are just swarming the field as if they've taken a page right out of the Marble Newtown playbook. Only a loss of one, and that could have been worse. So a third down and 11 for the Tigers. And it looks like the Green Raiders defensively starting to roll linebackers in. Uh, there's a few sophomores have gotten in. A few defensive tackles uh, that are younger have also gotten in. So they're probably a little gassed defensively. Joey Fan back split wide to the far side. Let's see what the offense has in its bag of tricks now. Weaverling under center. It's a fake handoff to Duffy. He gives it to White, but he only gets as far as the 45. And Bryson once again on the stop for the Ridley Raiders. So whatever was there, apparent, according to Weaverling and the offensive line, just either failed to materialize or evaporated within the course of a couple seconds, and there was no running room whatsoever. As we go approaching seven minutes left in this fourth quarter, Weaverling back to punt. As is fourth and six, as we have the usual suspects, Shaw and Smith. Back for Ridley, Weaverling under it. It is an end-over-end kick. Coming down at the 20, bounces over Shaw's head. 15, rolling at the 10, rolling inside the 5. They're going to keep around it, and it will go down, finally, down by Moat at the 2-yard line. Dion Shaw looks like he's a little upset with himself. Also, holding, He should be. You know, kind of looking as if, you know, maybe I should have just grabbed that one and stepped out of bounds. Well, it reminds me of the time that Randall Cunningham had the punt against the Giants at the Meadowlands, and Dave Meggett was right there and let it bounce 35 yards behind him. Boy, that was incredible. Jim Thorpe could have done that. 6.43 to go, fourth quarter. Marple Newtown, the few times Ridley was at backed up to their own goal line, had great defensive stops. Let's see what happens here. First and ten at the two. Blunden's under center, fakes a drop back. Up the middle to Randolph. He does get across the five, but no further. And a stop by number 75, Ken Smith for Marple Newtown. But Jalen Randolph, as we, we spoke about, is going to get to carry the load here. He's just going to go three, four, three at a time. And Ridley, at this point, probably can do without they can do without scoring if they pick up I'd say generously three first downs this baby is over three or four first downs they'll be able to wind that clock and, and get into the victory formation because they do have if they want 98 yards ahead of them for a touchdown as Blunden once again under center hands it off to Randolph once more he pushes the pile forward so it will be third and roughly three for the Green Raiders. And it looked like number 50, Brian Kelly, made the initial stop along with Christian Whiteside, number 77. Christian Whiteside. Where the ball will be spotted again. Just outside the 10, and it will be roughly third and a long 
two. First down marker is between the 12 and 13 yard lines. Big defensive play from the Marple Newtown side. Duncan, this time split to the near side. Shaw to the far side. Two wide receivers, two men backfield. London under center. It's a flip. Oh, Smith. He almost, almost let it go, but he will run for the first down and more across the 25 and across the 30. So everything is just on a razor's edge. Yeah. I mean, Joey Pham makes the stop for Marple, but as you said, a razor's edge. Smith has good hands, able to grab that with one hand and save it. And you can see with the style of offense that the Green Raiders run, how they can fumble the ball a lot if they don't execute properly. And this game could be completely different if a few of them went a different way. problem is you don't want to do that at your own 12-yard line because if he doesn't get a hand on that, somebody just picks it up on a nice, beautiful hop and goes in untouched the other way for the touchdown. But as it is, first and 10 at 33... London in a shotgun formation. He'll hand it off to Smith. He goes to the far sideline. 35, 40, first down, 45, midfield. He's broke loose. Across the 40, 30, 20, and dragged down at the 15-yard line. So the Green Raiders going for the kill. And good effort there by Samaro Moat to stop Shahad Smith. And, and Moat did not give up on that play. He knew he had an opportunity, and he's fighting to the very, the he was very lucky. end. He was lucky he had a foothold because he basically could have had his arms around Smith's neck and going all the way to the end zone. Yep. 4.43 to go. Fourth quarter. The ball is spotted at the 15-yard line, far sideline. Shaw split wide to the far side. Duncan to the near side, but it is Randolph who moves the pile forward a couple of feet. And it looked as though number 77, Christian Whiteside, and number 65, Chris Kirkin, uh, got together on the stop there. Well, actually, it was a little bit more than I thought than just pushing the pile forward. It was a clean gain of about four and a half. As Randolph did apparently sailed over top of the pile for a couple of yards. And Ridley, as we said, just going to try and run that clock down. I'm feeling in close like this, we're going to see a little more of Jalen Randolph. Shahid Smith in the backfield. It's a pitch to the right side. He tries to find his way off the tackle, and I don't think he gets further than the 10. And the stop on the outside there by number 54 for the Tigers, Pete Finnegan, the defensive end. Uh, but, uh, you know, as soon as I say Jalen Randolph, they go right back to Shahad Smith here as, as they're going to stay with a dynamic offense and keep the Marble Newtown Tigers guessing. Well, the Tigers guessed right on that play, and at least they are not just totally melting under the heat. They have wilted, unfortunately, in a few key plays, especially down here in the red zone. But again, it's not been easy for Ridley. They're not just taking off on first down and going for 20, 30-yard gains. They've had to earn it. But they've been just better execution-wise. London under center once again. Third down and six from the 11. He's back. He fakes a handoff. He's rolling towards the far side. It is complete to Randolph at the 10, at the 5. He breaks a couple of tackles. He's in for the touchdown. But there is a flag on the play at the 5-yard line. So we'll see what, what's going on there. Yeah, it might be in the area of holding. Oh, Okay. Ineligible man, they call downfield, so one of the offensive linemen got uh, too far away from from his designated post there. Head referee Dan Hunt on the case. Ineligible receiver downfield on the offense. Five-yard penalty. Repeat third down. Since when did Brett Favre get in here? <laughs> Of course, we're referencing Monday night 
when Favre on the first play of the game was ruled as an ineligible uh, receiver downfield while catching a pass. Under three minutes to go in this contest. 39-21 Ridley. Ridley driving again. It'll be third and 11 ball spotted at the 16 after the penalty. Daquan Hill to the near side and Deion Char to the far side now. Blunden hands it off to Smith. Tries to get to the outside. Cuts back inside. And unable to elude the grasp of Brian Kelly, it looks like, Greg. Well, well good pressure up the middle that time by Brian Kelly as he was able to read the play and get in there and stop Smith. Smith nearly fumbled on the play. Uh, however, Ridley still obviously with that point advantage. He also, time advantage. He also actually lost the to- almost lost the top of his shirt as Kelly just <laughs> grabbed the hole of the shoulder pad and would not let go. And Kelly was determined to bring down Smith that time. Because if Smith got uh, got loose to the to the far sideline, he could have at least gone for the for the marker and definitely for the pylon. Third and ten. Blunden in a shotgun formation. Shaw this time to the near side. Blunden will look back. He's rolling off his back foot. Let's see. He had a man over the middle at about the three. That's Dave. That's Hill. Hill with the catch. And uh, way to dive. Yeah. Nice, nice job. Got his hands under the football. It, it equals a first down now and first and goal with 2:12 remaining. So I think it's probably going to be a steady diet of Randolph from here on out because there's no sense in just trying to run up the score with passes. 18-point lead in pocket and all the time in the world to spare. And Ridley's going to try and milk as much as possible, obviously, with with the score the way it is, and just try and run a clean final series here. Three wide receivers set, though. Randolph is in the backfield, but it is a pitch to the outside and the left side to Smith. He angles towards that pylon, and he does make it in. And Smith uses his speed to kind of just stretch east to west to the far side of the field and go in on the corner there. And that should that'll definitely cap it for the Green Raiders here in this one. Gosh, that's Smith. Day of days. Third touchdown of the half. And to this point, too, in the season, it's been interesting because Smith and, and Randolph and Shaw haven't really been in too many second halves. And this time they got a, a little bit of a second half workout. Kelton Heverly once again on for the extra point. Bola spotted the kick his way under a rush again, but this time it is good. So with 145 remaining, it is Ridley 46, Marple Newtown 21. We'll be back on the change of possession. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Tigers Radio Network is brought to you by Allstate. Are you in good hands? Call Allstate agent David Monroe today at 610-359-1244. The Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Alumni Association, email them at mnfootballalumni at comcast.net or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Philly Pretzel Factory. Remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. The United States Marine Corps. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Winter Circle Sports Grill. For real sports fans only. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If they don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. 
Back to live action at Harvey Stadium. Heavily with the kick coming down to Mario Diagordi in the near sideline at the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Finds a hole up the middle, 50, 45, and dragged down at the 41-yard line. Taken down by number 34, Mike Crawley for Ridley. But a nice run by Diaguardi there here late in this one. Hey, it's a shame. Where was this midway through the third quarter? There's certainly a, a case of, uh, you know, a, a little too late uh, on the special team side of the football. So Diaguardi, whose name was not called offensively very much, either carrying the ball or blocking in this contest, does get the Tigers into Raiders territory. 134 to go. Though they are trailing by 25 at 46-21. Ryan Schellenberger checks back in. He is in the blocking position. Joey Pham split wide to the right side. Weaverling under center with two-man backfield. It is Moat and Duffy. Tanoff up the middle to Duffy. And he gets across the 40. Stopped by number 24, Sam Dixon Dugan for the Raiders. And a, and a nice little run underneath there. A couple yards for Duffy as Marple Newtown just tries to set up an offense here and, and possibly go in for one more score as, as it's the, the win is kind of out of reach. Especially especially now. You want to be able to bear down, focus, and execute very well. Facing as much of a deficit, there's no reason just to kind of pack it in. You do have the football and a chance to score here with roughly three more plays left. As we go down under a minute here at Harvey Stadium. Weaverling under center. He will hand this off to Ryan White. And he stretches across and maybe gets another yard, so it will be third and long. Stopped by number 44, Shane Doherty, and number 40, Ryan O'Kane. Gain of one. So the ball is spotted at the 38-yard line. So we're approaching 30 seconds to go in the contest. Most likely probably the last play of this football game. Joey Fenn once again wide to the right side. Moat and Duffy in the backfield. Weaverling steps up. He's under center. He gives it to Moat. He goes off tackle. He thought he had a hole, but he was rudely interrupted there. Sam Dixon Dugan again with a emphatic hit. And Dixon Dugan a nice hit after the play there with 14 and a half left. Uh, kind of motioning, you know, to the crowd there. Uh, kind of unnecessary at this point from Dixon Dugan. Right, I mean, you understand the emotion of the game, but you're ahead by 25 on a visiting field. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's, let's not, let's not, you, you haven't won anything giving, yet. Giving the shush shine to the crowd when you have a lead like this is kind of, really's got to be careful there because that can draw a penalty, number right. one. Number it's two, not, a, not sportsmanlike. It's, it's not sportsmanlike at this point. So time will stop. 14.5 to go. Well, things were looking up here on homecoming night. It was 21-20, Marple Newtown at one time. And an uh, announcement over here as the crowd cheers. Uh, Pete Massaro, uh, Penn State Nittany Lions, played the last couple weeks, is uh, actually here for homecoming today for Marple as Penn State has the week off. So good to welcome Pete back to Harry Harvey Stadium. And what's left of the crowd here saluted him heartily, as did we in the booth. Weaverling under center, fan this time wide out to the near side. He will roll towards the far sideline. He has nobody down there, and he'll just kind of fall down on a pile at the 45-yard line. So that will be the final play of the contest. Time six away. Three, two, one, and that is it. So the final score. Ridley moves to 7-0, and 6-0 and in the Central League with a 46-21 victory over Marple Newtown. So we will be back in a minute with the wrap-up. You're listening to the Tigers for Radio Network. Hey Tigers fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make 
the Philadelphia pretzel because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, always a great deal. When I go to the Philly pretzel factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, even for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website at phillypretzelfactory.com for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. This is the Tigers Radio Network, and you're listening to exclusive coverage of the Marple Newtown Tigers on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. We are back here at a crestfallen Harry Harvey Stadium on the campus of Marple Newtown High School. Final score once again, Ridley Green Raiders 46, Marple Newtown 21, in a game that showed so much promise right up until the latter half of the fourth quarter. Marple Newtown keeping it very close. There were a lot of tiger roars throughout the first three and a half quarters, but Ridley ultimately just used their smarts defensively and their power offensively to cruise home with the victory. Yeah, certainly in the, the latter part of that second half, Ridley showed its prowess and why they are you know, one of the highly ranked teams in this state, certainly leading the Central League. Uh, however, the score not indicative of how this game went. It was the 6-ABC game of the week here, uh, homecoming for Marple Newtown. And let's remember, Marple had a 21-20 lead about halfway through the third quarter. So they certainly uh, showed up tonight, played Ridley tough, but ultimately Ridley with too many weapons uh, this week. So the downside to this for Marple Newtown, and there are a few, it is their fourth consecutive loss. Fourth loss in the Central League. They slipped to two and five overall, one and five in the conference. That's got to drop them very near the bottom, and that is not a good sign because it is an awful big hole to dig out of to break even in this season. Well, the the rest of the Central League, however, what they have left is Lower Marion, Harriton, and Radnor can dig themselves out of the hole and finish at a six and six or just above five hundred. Also, they also have. Oh, sorry, Greg. They also have a final game on November twelfth, which is against Academy Park. Well, you know, we were here two years ago when Marple Newtown had had that 0-5 start. They ended up going to 6-6 six and six with that dramatic extra point block. Yeah. So it is within the realm of possibility. Head coach Ray Gianta, Lou Delonzo, and the rest of the coaching staff, they know how to get it done from here. And, and also, too, it's important to note, as I was informed earlier in the week by our executive producer, Jim Alsman, with the expanded playoff uh, standings this, the way they are this year, Marple still has a shot to get into that playoff uh, contention here if they can finish out with three straight wins so that Academy Park game might not be played. So... Lower Marion, next Friday, I believe, on the Aces' home field. Harriton at home, at Radnor, and then possibly that Academy game. Park or a playoff game for Marple Newtown. They simply have to win all of them from here on out. Yeah. I mean, this, it's doable because in, in this game, it's been a microcosm of their whole season. 
it's almost as if they played very. Uh, they were in front of the home crowd. They played very well. Played to their strengths in the home crowd in the first part of the, of the game. They were ahead, behind, reclaimed the lead. But then later, those minor problems, offensively and defensively, crept up. But a good team like Ridley are able to take those, you know, defensive execution stops. problems, not even turnovers, exactly. but just defensive stops. I mean, Ridley actually because Ridley, we should point out, Ridley had the only key turnover this entire contest, which gave Marple Newtown a touchdown. But you're going to have Ridley's, Garnet Valleys, and Strathavens at the top because they're they are at the top and they have been for years because they're able to capitalize on the slightest opportunity. Yeah, it does, like you said, it doesn't have to be a turnover. Ridley had the one turnover. I thought Marple Newtown played a great game, but the Green Raiders, like we said, you know, to start off the, this recap, just just too much for Marple Newtown, and it's show, showing why. You know, I saw one poll, and high school rankings are, aren't really indicative of how the state goes. But one poll has Ridley as number one in the state. Other polls have them in the top 15. So they are they are statewide recognized. Marple Newtown is trying to get to that point, and tonight's. I think playing Garnet Valley strong a couple weeks ago, playing Ridley strong today, is a great boost for the program and a great sign for the future. Well, even more so is that Jamie Rodinger did not play at all. He broke his leg last week in, at the end of the Strathaven game. Billy Weaverling, the punter, a senior leader but not accustomed to going under center, showed poise of, above and beyond what I was expecting in this contest. Even though he was at home, they were facing Ridley. He did very well. He acquitted himself very well, not only under center, but also as part of the special teams. Yeah, and you got to credit the coaches as well because Weaverling had nice poise on, in there. However, the coaches created a game plan where he had they gave him opportunities to succeed. They gave him opportunities to lead this team down the field, and he responded very well. Now, as they go later into the season, we'll see how they expand this offense under Weaverling because you know how Ridinger's situation is. It looks as if he's probably not going to return. Uh, for the rest of the season. So there we have it. The wrap-up complete 46-21. Ridley takes a decision over Marple Newton at Harry Harvey Stadium. And you can read more about this game and get coverage of the entire 2010 season provided by Josh Kippel on eyeofthetigersblog.com. Next week, the Tigers will travel to Lower Marion High School for a 1.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. Thank you, Josh. In Ardmore, Pennsylvania, and coverage of that game will be provided by Josh himself, as well as Dave Feldman of the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com and EyeOfTheTigersBlog.com. So, for color commentator Greg Pecco, engineer and producer Josh Kippel, statistician Sam Snyderman, game clock operator Frank Rufo, head football coach Ray Junta, assistant principal, athletic director, and all-around good luck charm Dennis Reardon, executive producer Jim Allsman, cannot forget about him, I am Bob Herpin. Thank you for listening to the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com. We will be back with you on the full podcast on October 29th against Harriton High School, but don't forget to listen next Saturday when Marple Newtown takes on Lower Marion. Thank you for listening, and good night. The Tigers Radio Network thanks you for listening to this presentation of Marple Newtown Football on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. Our next broadcast from Harry Harvey Stadium will be presented on Friday, October 29th, when the Marple Newtown Tigers play host to the Rams of Harriton High School. Kickoff is scheduled for 7 p.m. Next week, the Tigers will travel to Lower Marion High School for a 1.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, October 23rd in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Coverage of that game will be provided by Josh Kippel and Dave Feldman of the Tigers Radio Network on MarpleNewtownFootball.com and eyeofthetigersblog.com.
Until then, for Bob Herp and Dave Feldman, Josh Kippel, and Greg Pecco, I'm Jim Allsman, wishing you a good night from Harry Harvey Stadium and Go Tigers! Damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face. <laughs> Bye.